Hey, this is Mitch Rose. I'm the lead pastor of City Hills Church, and this is our podcast. Thanks for tuning in today. I hope this message encourages you, it inspires you, it challenges you to live your best life. Take a listen. Here's this week's message. Aren't you glad to be in church today, everybody, on Christmas Eve? Merry Christmas, everybody. If we haven't met yet, my name is Mitch, and along with my amazing wife, Brandy, we have the privilege of being your pastors and just honored to welcome you home today. Look at your neighbor right in the eye. Tell them they look good on Christmas Eve today. They smell good, look good. Look at your other choice. Tell them you're okay, too. You even look all right today. You can be seated, everybody, and so glad that you are with us this Christmas Eve season. We have had uh, incredible services uh, all weekend long and just so glad to welcome you into uh, this Christmas Eve celebration. Uh, for everybody who waited uh, to buy Christmas gifts, um, I'll see you at Walgreens in a little bit, everybody. So we'll, we'll find whatever's left and, and uh, get all that together. I... Uh, I don't know why, but yesterday I went to HEB, and I, uh, I immediately repented. I repented to my wife and everybody and uh, there, but whatever your plans are, I'm so glad the church is a part of that. I always like to tell you where we're going before we get to where we are, and uh, so excited about this season. You heard our host say, I'll just add my voice, and that is, this is our final uh, in-person services of the year, next weekend, Sabbath weekend, and just excited about next year and all that God has. I have been praying and preparing and planning already uh, my preaching calendar for all of 2024. And not just our preaching, but what we offer you in ministry. I think we have some amazing, amazing, amazing opportunities for you to connect to your church this next year. I'd encourage you, I always do this. Uh, I'll, I'll say it again in January, but if you'll give us a year of your life, just give us one year where you go all in, do everything, join a group, join the team, come to church, tithe, give to kingdom builders, pray, come to 21 days, fast, do it all. And at the end of the year, if your life isn't drastically better, then I'll help you find another church. I really will. And so far, I've made that promise for the last seven years. So far, no one's taken me up on it at the end of the year. Because I really do think if you'll go all in with God, he'll go all in with you. Can I get a better amen, everybody? All right, so I got a, a very simple Christmas message uh, for you today. And then uh, we're going to light candles and sing and worship and hot chocolate our way out of here. And uh, calories don't count at Christmas. I thank God for that. And um, I thank God Jesus is the bread of life. He is not the kale of life. Come on, somebody. He's not the salad of life. He is the bread. I feel anointed just talking about it. So let me bring this message to you. I, uh, I have been in ministry long enough to know that the Christmas season is a strange dichotomy. It is full of merry and bright and cheer and wonder and lights. And, and on the other side of the coin, the same coin, is the darkness and depths of our hurts and pains and struggles and trials. And I know that many people struggle in this season, some in silent. Maybe you're in church today struggling in silent. Many people struggle now more than at any other time in the year. I talked to someone uh, earlier uh, over these services who'd lost a loved one this year, uh, a spouse, uh, in a tragic way, and uh, it actually said that, the, that Christmas is harder than the funeral. That This season has been harder than the actual day that it all happened. And 
and and and just it just brings up so much and 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 maybe I, I don't know why Christmas does that. Uh, uh, you know, your, your struggles kind of come to the forefront of your life. Maybe it's because you're around all the people that make you struggle. You know what I mean? And and you hadn't seen them all year, and now you're like, man, you're my struggle. You know, you're the reason why. And maybe there's disappointments in your year. Maybe things didn't go the way that you thought that they would go this year. Maybe there's that empty chair at the table for the first or second or third time, and and, and you're struggling through that as a family member. Maybe you're not as far as you think you should be. This year, maybe you thought you would be married by the end of the year. Maybe you thought you'd have the house by the end of the year. Maybe you thought you'd do better on your diet by the end of the year. <laughs> I started 2023 with with resolve to lose 20 pounds, and I'm very happy to tell you here on the last weekend that we're together that I'm 30 pounds away from my goal of losing 20 pounds in 2023. And maybe you just not you didn't you didn't make the progress you thought you would make this year. If if that's you, this message is dedicated to you. If you're struggling in this season, wondering how, how's this going to change, I want to help you today. Uh, we normally uh, read from Luke, the second chapter. If you're new to the Bible, Luke chapter 2 gives the most description of the birth of Christ. It's probably the one you know the most, even if you don't know where it comes from. It's the one that you've recited the most and the one that you hear the most. But before Luke chapter 2 is Luke chapter 1. That's right, all the Bible scholars. Luke chapter 1. And Luke chapter 1 is really interesting. It is this announcement to Mary. God sends Gabriel, the archangel Gabriel, to Mary, and, uh, and he makes the announcement of Jesus. Let me pause here before I read to you. If you have a Bible, we'll be in Luke 1. Uh, but before I read it to you, let me, let me just pause here and say, I, I wish that God would announce everything that happened in my life. Do you? I, I, wish, God would have, I wish God would announce trouble times, like, like hey, a struggle's coming. I wish God would announce sickness, you know, hey, th- things are, things are going to break down and it's going to be bad. You're going to turn 40 and nothing works quite like it used to. And I wish God would have announced things in my life. I wish God would announce when I'm going to say something stupid and start a fight with my wife. Just so you know, get ready, you're going to sleep on the couch for a couple of nights. You know, just an announcement that comes out of heaven like that. I, 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 we don't do that. I don't sleep on the couch. But I, I wish I, we have a guest room. So I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I joke. I joke. I wish there was an announcement. I wish there was an announcement about COVID-19. If there was an announcement, God would have made an announcement about 2020. I would have bought all the toilet paper at HEB and I'd have sold it to everybody else and we'd have bought a church, everybody. We'd have built a, a, a church together. I wish there was an announcement when struggle comes. I wish there was an announcement when, when a faith crisis would happen. Maybe you've walked through that in 2023 and you thought, man, I wish I would have seen that coming. I wish God would have announced that. I wish some things in my life would have been announced, but not just the crisis. Sometimes we miss the announcements when God is trying to give us direction and clarity and the right things. That's what happens in Luke, the first chapter. If you have a Bible, I'm in Luke 1.26. If not, you can look on the screen and follow along. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy... This is important that we start here in the story because Elizabeth is Mary's first cousin. She is old. Her and her husband are older. And they have been told they can't have children. And the story opens that in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, verse 27, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David, and the virgin's name is Mary. Now, catch this, because the story opens with, Elizabeth is pregnant, and God sends an angel to Mary. Verse 28, 
The angel went to her, Mary, and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. I wish I wish I got an angelic visit like that. You know, I think I would do good with that. If an angel just showed up and said, Greetings, you good-looking, handsome son of a gun, you. Look at you, you tall, good-looking guy. The Lord's with you, and you're highly favored. Verse 29, amazing what happens here. Mary is greatly troubled at his words. Wondered what kind of greeting this might be. Some of you are like Mary, just that kind of skeptical, you know, always squinty-eyed, like, what are you trying to sell me right now? Verse 30, but the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, you found favor with God. Verse 31, you will conceive and give birth to a son. You're to call his name Jesus. He'll be great. He'll be called the son of the most high God. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David. Verse 33, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever and his kingdom will never end. Verse 34 is really what I wanted to teach you this Christmas Eve. Mary says what you may be saying today. How will this be? How? How will I ever heal from the loss of this loved one? How will we ever get through this financial ruin? We're done. How will we ever be healed from this pain of losing a child, a spouse, a family member? How, how will things ever change in my life? How, how, how will I ever be able to go back to that house? How will my son get off of drugs again? How, how, how will this happen to me? How, 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 how can this marriage be fixed in 2024? It wasn't fixed this year. It wasn't fixed the year before that. How will this disease, this... Doctor's report, how will this change my life? Will I ever be better? God, I believe you, but I just don't know how. I I meet so many people in my world who don't doubt that God can. They just don't know how. Verse 35, the angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you. And the power of the Most High God will overshadow you. Let me pause here. I don't have time to teach this to you. But everything that you're called to do, you need the Holy Spirit to overshadow you to accomplish. Let me say it better this way. You can't do anything that God wants in your life without the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will come on you. That's the answer to how. The Holy Spirit will come on you. And the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Verse 36 Then the angel Gabriel takes this strange twist in the story. He starts with, Elizabeth is in her six months of pregnancy. Then he shows up to Mary, and then in verse 36 he goes back. This is what Gabriel says. Even Elizabeth, your relative, your cousin, is going to have a child in her old age, and she's the one, remember, that people said are unable to conceive. She's in her sixth month. Verse 37, if you have a physical copy of the Bible, I would underline this and make this your Christmas verse. Verse 37, for nothing is impossible with God. Verse 38, I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. And then the angel left her. Mary is in the prime of her life. Most theologians believe she's somewhere between 14, 15, 16 years old, most Young girls are married early in this ancient age, and marriage is not the same kind that you and I would think about today. The engagement period is just as serious and committed as 
the marriage itself. And so Mary is engaged to Joseph, which is contractually saying she's bound to him. It's just like marriage today. They don't live together, haven't consummated their marriage, but it is that serious and that real to them. Mary is engaged and she's in the prime of her life, this young Beautiful girl, I would imagine, ready to start her new life with Joseph and him and his family business. And I can see them registering for wedding gifts at Target. Come on, everybody, you know. Can, I, can we all agree that's the best part of, of the wedding is that you get to take the little gun to Target and do all the little, you know, and you register for stuff that you don't want, never need. And, and, and I see Mary and Joseph kind of in this season and planning for, for Elizabeth's baby shower, and, and, and everything's going well, and this is the prime of her life. And right in the middle of all of this, Gabriel interrupts with this announcement. The archangel Gabriel, this messenger, interrupts. Why is it important that God sends a messenger? Well, you have to know that up until this time, it had been 400 long years of silence. It's even called the Dark Ages. It's 400 years between the Old Testament and the New Testament. God had not spoken to anyone. There had been no prophet in Israel. God had not revealed Himself to anybody in 400 years had gone by. Generation after generation after generation hadn't heard from God. And God breaks His silence with an angel to a little girl about Jesus. If you're taking notes or maybe just have your phone nearby, would you write this in your phone? You'll need this someday, maybe today. A silent season usually precedes a miracle season. The greatest miracle in all of human history is about to happen. A virgin is about to give birth to a baby named Jesus. He will die for His people. He will save us from our sin. And all of humanity will be different. And we will mark time from this day forward. But it's preceded by a silent season. Maybe you're in a silent season. Maybe you're in a season where you don't hear God, feel God. Think, I don't even know why I'm in church today. It's just Christmas and I thought I'd... Be in church because that's what we're supposed to be. Maybe it's been a while since you've heard anything from God. Let me be the silence breaker to tell you that God is always working on your behalf. And there's a miracle season on the other side of this silence. Say amen to them. This message from God interrupts her planned life. Where's all my planners at? Where are you at? Good, good. Uh, the other ones aren't here yet. They'll be here at 1130. <laughs> Mary has this planned life. This is the way it's going to go. This is the way my life's supposed to go. And God interrupts that. And he announces this interruption as favor from God. But Mary is troubled, the Bible said, with this. What do you do, let me ask you, when you believe God's plan, you're just scared to death of it? You believe God can do something in your life. You just don't know how He's going to do something in your life. You believe God's powerful enough. You just don't know when He's going to come through for you. You believe God is a healer. You've just lived so long with this disease. You don't know if or why or how this is all going to work out in your life. And maybe like Mary, you sit on a Christmas Eve service and you ask the same question. Maybe this is the season of questions in your life where you go, how's this going to end? How's this going to be? How's this going to happen, Gabriel? I want to believe. I want to have faith this Christmas season. But you don't know how long I've suffered with this. You don't know how many nights I've cried about this. You don't know how long this has gone on in my life. You don't know how many years we've been battling this. You don't know how many rehabs we've checked him into. You don't know how many counselors we've seen. How will this be? 
how will this be? How's this going to work out in my life? I I meet people occasionally who say, Pastor, I I don't want to question God. Let me stop you and tell you, it's okay to ask God questions. Mary, the mother of Jesus, asked God, how? How? How's this going to work out? How are we going to recover? What's going to really happen in this case? What's going to happen when this is all over? Will anything ever be the same? And Mary asked how. How will a virgin give birth? And Gabriel gives this brilliant answer. And it's it's my simple message to you today. It's what I hope that you walk away this Christmas with. Gabriel doesn't say, well, this is how it's going to happen for you. And this is the plan God has for you. I wish he wasn't announcing God. I wish it would, it would happen like that. But he doesn't say, this is how all the things are going to work out. He just says, you need to go see Elizabeth, your cousin Elizabeth. You need to go see your cousin Elizabeth because she and her husband are very old, but she's pregnant. She is pregnant. And Gabriel has this moment. And listen, when your life feels like chess, when Gabriel and God give a checkmate. And today, this Christmas Eve is your, listen to me, it's your checkmate. It's where you've lived all year long thinking it's always going to be this way. I'm never going to be healed. I'm always going to battle this. We'll always be in this season. It'll always be chaos. In the middle of my questions, in the middle of your hopelessness and wondering and confusion and sadness and anxiety, God issues this checkmate, this go see Elizabeth. Because Elizabeth wasn't supposed to have babies and she's pregnant. I wonder in my mind how many times Mary and Elizabeth prayed for Elizabeth to have a baby. I wonder how many times they cried together as cousins. Asking God to heal Elizabeth. And now Gabriel announces to Mary. She's pregnant. Sometimes God won't give you the direct answer you need. He'll just point you to his power. In someone else's life. He'll just remind you that even though you're in a season of questioning, even though you're in a season of I don't know how and why and when and where, that I can. And Gabriel gives the best answer, and I think it's the answer you need this Christmas season. Gabriel gives the best answer of how this is going to happen. He says, I want you to think about Elizabeth, you know, the one who can't have babies. She's in her sixth month of pregnancy. Verse 37, and then he says, For nothing will be impossible. And my Christmas message to you today is that nothing is impossible with God. Nothing's too hard for God. If you're in a season of struggling this Christmas season, if you've gone this whole year thinking, I I wish things would be better. I wish we would have gotten further along. I I, I wish we had more answers. I wish things were different in my life. I have good news for you. Nothing is impossible with God. If you've been praying for a lost loved one to come to Christ, I've got good news for you. Nothing is impossible with God. If you cried yourself to sleep last night full of depression and anxiety, I have good news. Nothing is impossible. And Mary's answer is what I hope your answer is. As a matter of fact, in the next few moments, I'm going to give you a chance to answer God. 
Mary says, when Gabriel finally points to, how's this going to happen, Gabriel? How's this going to really work out in my life? How are things going to get better in my life? Gabriel answers, nothing's impossible with God. And then Mary's answer, I hope, is your same answer. She says, you're right. And I believe. I'm in. I'm 100% in. I have some questions still. I have some fears. I have some anxieties. I have some worries. I still feel unsettled. But listen, Mary says, I believe that nothing's impossible with you. So even though I'm a virgin, even though Joseph and I aren't married yet, even though we haven't been together yet, she says, let it be to me. And that's my prayer for you today is that you with open hands and an open heart to God this Christmas Eve say, okay, let it be. Your plan in my life, let it be. Your hand on my life, okay, I give up. I'm surrendering completely. Your, your, your plan for our marriage, okay, I'm giving it to God. I'm 100% in with God this Christmas. Because of the good news that nothing is impossible with God, you can have all of my heart, Jesus. You can have all of my fear. You can have all of my trepidation about the future. And when Mary finally surrenders, listen, God did what only God can do. And a virgin conceives a baby. And your miracle this year is on the other side of your surrender. Nothing's So this Christmas Eve, would you close your eyes and bow your heads all over church? In a moment of honesty and sincerity, nobody's looking around, nobody's taking notes, no one's moving around. For the next 60 seconds or so, just out of reverence for this moment. If it's you, if you're in a season of questioning how, and God, I believe you can, I just don't know how you're going to do this. If that's you and your your Christmas this weekend thinking, I, I wish I understood how this would all work out in my life. I just don't have an answer. I just I wish I knew. I, I'm I'm confused. I'm anxious, but, but but I believe he can. I just don't know how he will. If that's you, nobody's looking. Would you just raise your hand and say, Pastor, include me in this final prayer? I see you. Keep your hand up. I see you in the back. I see you to my left. I see you. I see you, ma'am. I see you. I see you on the front. I see couples. See families, thank you. I see you. I pray a simple prayer. Lord Jesus, I pray for people who are struggling in this season, people who feel like they're in this season of asking and questioning and when and how. How will I be healed of this disease? How will we finally get past this injustice? How will we ever recover from this season? I pray that their faith would be lifted today to believe that nothing's impossible with God. That they would enter this Christmas season believing like Mary believed the angel that nothing is impossible with God. Nothing's too hard for you. Nothing's out of your reach. Nothing's too hard for you to heal. No one's too far gone for you to save. There's no problem too big for you to solve. God, my faith is in you today and I pray for every raised hand in the room that they would believe again that nothing's impossible. Now put your hands down. I want to pray for another group of people there. Are people still in the room with your eyes closed who need to surrender to God? 
like Mary, maybe you've never given your heart to the Lord. Maybe you've never fully surrendered. Maybe, maybe you have, but it's been a long time and you've wandered away from God. And this Christmas Eve, I can't think of a better time to come home than now. I can't think of a better day to come home to faith than Christmas. I can't think of a better season to rededicate your life to Christ than this one. And if you know that you know that you know that you're far from God, you're maybe close to church today, but far from the Lord. This prayer is for you, and I can't pray it for you, but I can pray it along with you. As a matter of fact, everybody in church today, with our eyes closed, our heads bowed, and from the depths of our heart, we'll pray it along with you. Everyone say, Lord Jesus, I believe you died for my sins. God raised you from the dead, and I give you my whole heart. I give you my past, my mistakes, my sin my struggles, my fears, my worry. I give you my future. I give you my dreams. I give you my hopes. I give you my whole life. Now this is the part you have to pray from the depths of your own soul. I can't pray this for you, but if you mean it and you're ready to come home today, say, Lord Jesus, save me. Make me brand new. Come to live inside Change me from the inside out. I'll live for you every day of my life. In Jesus' name. And everybody shout amen. Thank you for joining us today. And a special thanks to those of you who give generously to this ministry. You know, it's because of you that we're able not only to bring this message to you, but we're able to offer hope and life to the San Antonio Hill Country and beyond. So if you'd like to give today, you can visit City Hills TX dot com right now and if this message blessed you why don't you click subscribe or share this message with your friends uh, on your socials i pray it's a blessing to others in your world thanks again for listening today god bless you